0: Lastly, as you're sitting there, I just ask that the Lord should speak to you today. Say, Father, I'm here. I'm excited to be in your presence, Father Lord. Lord, I ask that you speak to me today. You speak to me today, Father Lord. That I will glean with the word, Father. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father Lord, I lift myself up to you. Let it not be me speaking. Let you be speaking, Father Lord. The words I will utter from this pulpit... Father Lord, Lord, we ask you shall go forth and you shall accomplish all that you are set to accomplish. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I know it's hot, but please stay with me. The AC is on, so I don't think uh, anyone should fall asleep or anyone should be sweating. I came this morning and I parked down there because I wanted to collect something for Brother Matthew. By the time I got here, I was all drenched. But at least he packed me up. By the grace of God. Hallelujah. I know we have some of our young people here. And how many people have done chemistry? Oh, just a few. Old people also, who has done chemistry? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, some people are shaking. They're not sure where I'm coming from. So they're not too sure what, what to say. It's a beautiful subject, isn't it? Okay. So my first slide is about chemistry. Praise the Lord. And uh, do you know what this is? Ideal God's law. We're going to class today. Yeah? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The young man, do you know what Ideal God's law is? Isn't it? Do you know? I won't ask the old people because I know they would have forgotten. So I don't want to embarrass them. I know they would have forgotten. Uh, it's like you giving me some elementary math. And I know I'll fail you woefully. There are some days that my son gives me homework to do and I just, I try to sidetrack because I've forgotten some of those simple uh, uh, elements of mathematics. Can we go to the next slide? So, at least I will define it for you. Isn't it? In case you're lost. Next slide, brother. So, is the physical law describing the relationship of all measurable properties of ideal gas, P pressure, V volume, number of moles, R, the gas constant, and temperature? Okay? So, is the derivation of Boyle's law Charles and Avogadro. Sorry if you read law or arts. Today is not your day. I'll come back to your day another time. So, what it is, is he has gotten three different constants and he has built a relationship to an ideal situation. Praise the Lord. An ideal situation that covers any kind of situation of gases that we have. I won't go down to boil Charles, or Avogadro's law, but this is all uh, theories that people have used and were using them in our day-to-day work. So with this, they developed the gas law equation. Next slide, my brother, please. Okay? And that is the ideal gas law equation. Am I correct? If I'm wrong, you can tell me. Please. We have P, pressure. V, volume. N, number of moles. Am I correct? R, we'll find out. And T, temperature. Okay? And all these have values. Can we get certain values where, next one please, brother. Okay, that's the law. Where P equals to what? Pressure. Okay. And that is given as 101,000 Newton per meter square. Next one. Volume is 22.4 liters. Okay. Number of moles equals to one mole. And T, it's absolute temperatures. Now, if you look at this, all these are standard or absolute. So someone has done some experiments and gotten constants for each of those values that are permanent. Am I correct? Now, is any sharp person? Can anybody calculate R for me? Who? Who can have the answer, please? Calculate R for me. Who? No, someone should be confident. Going. I heard someone say something. What is R? Come on, guys. Some of you are going to university. Some of you are read chemistry. Okay, my price is going to go. Hallelujah. Okay, let's let's calculate R together. Okay? Next slide, brother. So finding R, what do you do? You make R the subject of formula. Yes? Okay? So make R the subject of formula, please. Next one. So R equals to B V over N T. Okay? Alright, next. So when the smoke clears, that's after you have done your calculation. R equals to 8.31 joules mole per K. Now, someone mentioned it here, but he wasn't sure. Was it uh, Pastor Steve? But uh, I'll give him half mark for that. Because I said calculate. He crammed the answer and gave me the answer because he knows it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, what is R? Next slide please. What is R? R is what? Okay? What do you call R? Go ahead, please. I think I mentioned it earlier, the earlier slide, you must have forgotten it. R is the universal gas constant. And understand that word what? Constant. So whatever you're calculating, once they give you R in the equation with gas, that is the value you use. Isn't it? The same way we had absolute temperature, that is a constant. You have pressure at one atmosphere that was a constant these are all man made now the thing about these things is as they're constant it evolves, someone can change it and those things will change okay now that's bringing me to the topic of my message okay I'm talking of a constant that we have the immutable God okay the immutable God okay the constant God The unchanging God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What we have. That is a description of our God. Man has given his constants. We have our own constants. Praise the Lord. And our text is taken from Hebrews 13, 8. Hebrews 13, 8. A simple verse, but yet a very powerful verse. Very, very powerful. If you're able to tap into that verse, you will understand what I'm saying. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Please, can we say that, please? One, two, three, go. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. That verse has a power. It's simple. Jesus Christ the same. The constant. Yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, what we have now in the world is that things are changing. Am I correct? The world we are in, things are changing. And they're changing on so many different spheres that we have in life. Sometimes it's very quick for us to even catch up. The older you go, the more difficult it is for you to catch up. I can remember someone will show you these cassette players that we had. You know can you remember the cassette players give it to your children and they don't understand they'll give a cassette player and a pencil you know the relationship you put it inside and you you rewind it isn't it things are changing even physically things are changing your body is not as strong as it was from one point to the other am i correct as you're very older, you're not that elastic anymore actually when i came back by the time i was going up the stairs something like snapped in my heel and the pain was was excruciating, you know. And I said, "What's happening?" But I'm not that flexible like before. I was talking to somebody. Now we have allergies everywhere around now. People have dairy allergies and everything. That was not the way it was in those days. Things are changing. Some people will say mutating, isn't it? Physically we're mutating. That's what some people will say. Kids, X-Men. We're talking of mutants, isn't it? Am I correct? You see somewhere that can change. That's what's happening in the super action heroes. Things are changing. But yes, life is changing. And religion is changing. People are building their own religion. The other day, a man, my said he says he's for Islam. I don't know what that meant. I, I don't know what it is. But something was a new concept to me and I didn't even want to bother. Spiritually, people are also changing. People are defining the word of God the way they want it to be defined. And that's what's happening in Christendom now. People are massaging it to suit whatever they want. Geographical changes, earthquakes, things are changing. You find places that used to be all ice, they're melting. Global warming. Forget the people that are in self denial that there's no global warming. It's there, it's happening. Places where you see a lot of water is no longer water. The one that's also changing is morality. It changes. Am I correct? The morals have changed. What we discovered, what you could do before is not things you could do now. I mean, what you do now is not things that you could do before. Things have gone downhill. Societal changes. So many things are changing. Now, some might be changing for the positive, but a lot of it is for the negative. So, what am I saying? I see those aspects of life as human beings have not been constant. Things are gradually evolving. So, where do we stand where all these things are evolving? So, let's go to the definition of immutability it's an attribute, okay? That God is unchanging in His character, will and covenant promises. God is unchanging in His character, His will and covenant promises. He's talking about His consistency, constancy, constancy. Then we are talking that God is God. Regardless of what is changing, God is God. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Are you with me? And that's why I gave you different aspects of things that are changing in life. Number one, okay, the immutability of God. God is immutable in his essence. In his nature. Before time, he was there. Am I correct? Now he's there. And tomorrow he's going to be there. That's what the verse says, says. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. His nature shall not be changed. God cannot become more perfect, is it? He cannot go to a different level that I'm, I'm perfecting myself. Me and you can go to that level that we want to perfect ourselves. And that's what man every day is trying to perfect different things about us. Whether it's our health, whether it's our career, they're looking for something better. But God cannot go along that progression. And God cannot go along that progression, decline. A lot of the things that I talked about, physical decline. God cannot physically decline because his nature is not there for him to decline. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? He's already perfect. Nothing can affect him from outside. And when we're talking of his excellence. And that's why in Exodus 3.14 it says, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. That's my nature. I cannot change. Praise the Lord. So have you gotten that? He cannot change in his essence. The second character is he's immutable in his attributes. Okay? He is immutable in his attributes. He's not changing in his attributes. Whatever attributes God has, they're still the same that will be there. In his power, his power cannot change. Am I correct? God's power cannot change. Praise the Lord. His wisdom cannot change. His wisdom cannot change. His love cannot change. Okay? Us as human beings, these can change. But with God, these are unchangeable. His holiness cannot be stained. Once holy, he will forever remain holy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those are his attributes. Number three, God cannot change, he's immutable in his counsel. His will never varies. His wisdom will always be sacrosanct. In Job twenty three thirteen, it says, But he is unique, and who can make him change? And whatever his soul desires, that he does, because he knows the end from the beginning he's the alpha, he's the omega. So universally, his wisdom cannot be changed. Hallelujah. Are you with me? That's the God we have. His essence, his attributes, his counsel. He cannot change those things. Most things will be covered by all that. Now, the other side of it is, you go to town, and some people want to argue with you. They'll say, no, your God changes. Am I correct? And one of the familiar scriptures I read for you is in Genesis 6, seven, And I will read that. It says, And the Lord was sorry he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and the birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Another one is in Jonah three ten. Then God saw their works That they turned from the evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Okay? Now, those are the things that people will debate with you and say, our God changes. Now, one of the first things you have to understand with God and the Bible, okay? When God sometimes speaks, he accommodates languages that we will understand. If you're talking to a three-year-old, you have to go down to the language that a three-year-old will understand. Are you with me? If you meet a professor, you have to try and stand up and try and speak good English. Or if you meet the queen, you have to speak the queen's English as best as you can, isn't it? So God uses some of the terminologies to be able for man to be able to understand. Am I correct? So when God says he repented, he's trying to make us understand what he's thinking. Like waking up, rising up early. Praise the Lord. He neither slumbers or sleeps. He's trying to give you an imagination of what he's saying. If God should speak his language to us, do you think we understand the Bible? We understand the Bible. And that's what those verses are. Okay? Now, the thing that is very important in those things is, and I'll explain this to you, the fact that God stands there, He does not change. He does not mean that things around Him do not change. Things change. Okay? You will find out in that passage, He created man, and He decided to do evil. Was that God's plan? No. But God knew. Okay? You look at, for example, let's look, let's pick a, uh, let's pick a, a scenario. The prodigal son, he left, and his son went away. The father's relationship changed with the, with the son. I want my money. I'm going. He collected his money. When he came back, he was coming back. Where was the father in all this? The father was constant. This is love for his child change. The love for the child did not change. It was the child's relationship with God that changed. Our God is there. But most times or not, it's our relationship with him that changes. Praise the Lord. let me make a vivid example. We have young kids. Hugs. Give you a kiss. Give you a pet. You're enjoying that time. They become teenagers. Hi mom. Bye mom. Am I correct? I want to have a conversation. What do I want to talk to you about? I don't have anything to talk to you about. Praise the Lord. Parents, are you there? Has anybody been there? Uh-huh. Alright? So you find that that relationship is dynamic and changed. But that has that changed our roles as parents? Does that mean that we love our children less? No. That's the same way with God. Now another school of thought is people also think that God is rigid. That you have to move around. But no, God is not like that. God is fluid. He's dynamic. Let's pick Peter. Peter came out of the boat and said, Come to me. And he took one step. Am I correct? He took the second step. Now, if Jesus was where Brother Pastor Francis is, and he started drowning, imagine it. He started drowning. But then they say God pulled him off. So how did God where Pastor Francis is reached where Peter was? So God is dynamic. So let nobody imagine that God will put in a box. Like, because we say it's constant, He cannot move, He cannot do things. Hallelujah. Because it's infinite, that means it's immutable. I don't want to have a God that I can comprehend, I can put in a box. Do you? Do you? You can't. If I can put my God in a box, then He's not a God for me. So people will carve wooden artifacts and say, this is my God. And when time to move him, they will move him. And carry my God somewhere else. That for me is, uh, is, is not a God. Because I have boxed him into a, into a shape, into what I want. He's not in that. He's active. He's moving. The God that will work here, he will work in India, he will work in Nigeria, he will work in Kenya, he will work everywhere around the world. That's because he's God. Praise the Lord. Now, because of that his nature, there are certain requirements that he requires from us. As believe we're Christians, we're believers, we're followers of Christ. Okay? So number one repentance and salvation. Because we're following someone that is constant in our life, he requires repentance and salvation. In Hebrews 12 9 27, brother, if you can go on. Nine, and it is appointed for man to die once, but after this, the judgment. You die once, after this is judgment. And as God is constant, as God does not change, that will happen to each one of us unless he comes before them. And even when he comes before them, there's judgment. That does not change. From the Old Testament to now and forever, it won't change. That path is going to be there. You have to repent of your sins, you have to get salvation, and there will be judgment. Praise the Lord. Very, very important. But in the New Testament, anybody that does not give his life to Christ, he will be judged on that last day. Even if you have given your life to Christ, your actions and your deeds will be judged. That will not change. So we we cannot cherry pick and say, okay, my God is, is good. He does not change. And then you forget this aspect about being a Christian. Praise the Lord. Number two, he requires the same level of holiness. First Peter 1, 5, 15 to 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Be holy for I am holy. That's the part that we have lost it in the world. People are not holding on to that holiness. Now people are beginning to condone sin in different formats. In different formats. I can remember when I was growing up, they would say you didn't steal, that you fap something. Did anybody hear that slam, maybe someone from Nigeria, say you fap somebody, they're they're coining the stealing to fap, to be more modern, what isn't it? But it's stealing. Now in fact, somebody will say, instead of saying, I'm sorry, what is the official word now? I regret, am I correct? Nobody talks about adultery, nobody talks about fornication. Because what we have is political correctness. Am I correct? But holiness is very important. Young kids, your standard is higher than that of the world. As Christians, your standard is higher than that of the world. And the same level of holiness God exhibits, you have to fight. You're going to university, you're going to high school, I don't care what's happening around you. That same standard you have to maintain. As workers, as parents, the same amount of standard that we have to obtain. Because our God is unchangeable. He won't say because the world said this about political correctness. No. He created man and woman. That is the standard that God has given. That cannot change. No matter what somebody has gone to doctor's or gone to go and change. No. That is this. That is what I believe in. And we have to stand on that side of truth. We can't massage the truth to suit anybody. We can't be politically correct when the word of God says something else. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Because that's the way the world is going to now. If it means that we're being persecuted, so let it be. But God has called us to be holy as he's holy. Because he's immutable. In his essence, that is what he is. He does not change. And if it does not change, he expects us also to ascribe that. Some people can say it's a lot of pressure. Yes, it can be a lot of pressure. It might be in an office, everybody drinks. I stand, I don't drink, I cannot pollute my body. The worst they can do is say, leave the office or leave the company. So be it. There was a doctor that was asked to address somebody with the wrong gender. It was just in the news. He's a Christian doctor. He said, no. The word of God says he made male and female. I can't see this person and call him something else. He lost his job, but he stood by what the principles in the word of God is. We belong to a different generation, children. We belong to a different generation from you. The world will come and try to push you down a wrong route from the word of God. Whatever you're told, test it with the word of God. And stand by it. And the Lord will help you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will help you in Jesus' name. Amen. Number three. He requires us to evangelize. Matthew 28, 9-20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you to so the end of age. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our year of revival. This is our year. I don't know how many people you have brought into the fold. But this is what God is saying. God does not change. He gave that word when he was leaving. And that, excuse me, and that is the word we was supposed to carry forth. Evangelism we are required to do it. I think I was talking with Pastor Leslie the other day and I was sitting there, I met somebody in my office. Hindu. And he was saying, oh, why can't religions be and let be? As a Hindu, I can go and worship whatever God I have, I'll come back why must a Christian come and try to convince me? I tell you what, that's the essence of Christianity. That is our own commandment. We have to go. We have to evangelize. It's part of the religion. If your religion tells you to just stay by yourself and do whatever you want to do. No, no. My religion tells me I have to bring people to the fold. Because that's a commandment. Because God has not changed. He has not changed in the time of the disciples. He has not changed during our time. That's why we have to take mission seriously. We have to even take personal evangelism seriously. Praise the Lord. These points are just three, but I think they're very important in our time. Repentance and salvation. Holiness. Without holiness, we cannot see God. Isn't it? And evangelism. Now, I want to challenge each one of us. We're getting the last half of the year. In December, we're going to take stock. Find out how many people you have led to the Lord. How many people you have shared the gospel with. Towards the end of the year, by God's grace, I will have an opportunity and I will ask you to go through what you have done with this year. God has not changed. He still has the same requirements for us. Same requirements, He still requires us to do. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, these are part that I know a lot of us will enjoy. There are also benefits because of his immutability. Am I correct? If God does not change, then that means we are going to be able to enjoy some benefits. And what's the number one benefit I we enjoy? Guarantee of his promises. If someone does not change, you're guaranteed of his promises. Some of our children, whatever you tell them, that's why it's very difficult for you to verbalize and say, I'm going to do this. Because they'll hold you onto it. And you want to be seen as a serious father, you have to be able to come forth. Praise the Lord. In Numbers 19, it says, God is not the man that he should lie." nor son of man, that he should repent. Has he said it and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not make it good? Now, the thing about the promises of God is not about you. It's not what I want to give Brother Vipin. No, it's not. Or oh, he's expecting it from me, no. It's about him and his nature. Because he has promised, he cannot deny himself. I want you to understand this. So whatever happens out there, because he has spoken, he will have to honor his word. Now, when you start understanding God along those lines, you'll be able to understand your prayers. Father Abraham was there. He gave a promise to Father Abraham. Isn't it? along the line there were so many people that felt out of place, out of sync with what God has ordained. But because of that promise, he continued. David messed up. Solomon messed up. A lot of people along that lineage I spoke about Hezekiah that time. That somebody will say, somebody, some people will tell you that God added to Hezekiah's life of 15 years. But yes, why did God add 15 years to Hezekiah? Because Manasseh had not been born yet. So how was the lineage of Jesus going to come through if Hezekiah had not had any issue? So whatever promises he promises, he has to make sure he accomplishes It's not about you or me. There are some things that we're enjoying in our sinfulness, but because of the promises he has made to our parents or our grandparents. So it's not about us. It's about him and his essence. And that's why when God promises something, we have to hold on to it. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, O Lord, your word, forever O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Hebrews 16, 6, 17 to 18. I'm reading these verses for you to find out a backup of what I'm saying. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled or refuge or to lay hold of the hope set before us. Praise the Lord. When you pray and God has spoken to you, you say, God, this is what you have said. This is what you have promised. You cannot deny yourself. And you will see God coming forth. That's why you have to understand the scripture and God reveals himself to you in that way you want him to understand. What does he say concerning your situation? That's why, who has been through experiencing God? Praise the Lord. Experiencing God. Discipleship is it? One of the things is we have to identify where God is in a situation and where he's working. So you have to understand where God is in your situation. And what has He said concerning that situation? The better part of it is we don't, we don't seek. We don't look into that. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from Father of lights. With Him there is no variation or shadow of turning. Isaiah 54.10 For the mountains shall depart and the hills shall be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you nor shall my covenant of peace be removed says the Lord who has mercy on you. Now you go through the Bibles. There are promises God has made. So many. This is just a few that I just read for you. So many promises he has made. Now if God is immutable then why do we believe that those promises cannot come true in our own lives? Praise the Lord. I want someone to catch something today. That what God has changed, said because he's the same yesterday and tomorrow, he will ever be. He is going to deliver. He is going to deliver. I don't know your situation. I don't know your problem. But God will deliver. Unless he has not spoken. But once He has spoken, He will deliver. Two, because of His immutability, we have guarantee of His love. We have guarantee of His love. Jeremiah 31, 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness I have drawn Everlasting love with loving kindness, I've drawn you. Why is that sometimes you don't feel your husband loves you? Praise the Lord. But you can't say that of your heavenly father. Praise the Lord. Isn't it? If God loves me once, He will forever love me. Okay? Now, why am I saying that? Has God loved you once? When did he love you once? Mm -hmm. He shed the blood of his son on the cross for me. So if someone can do that. And love me. Even if it's only that one instance. That one instance. Don't you think he can love me forever? Okay? If he can love me once. He can love me forever. In Romans 8. 38, 39. And that's where Paul understood this. Paul understood this. And that's where he did it For I am persuaded, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, or any other thing created shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have we ever felt when a scenario that nobody loves us? But God has promised His love for you will still be there. Young adults, you're growing up. You feel the whole world does not love you. You feel your classmates do not love you. You feel that you're having issues with their parents. But God loves you, God sees it, He sees your heart. You have someone to run back to. You have someone that is constant that you run back to. And he will surround you with his love. A lot of suicidal rates that we have today is because people don't feel loved. They feel out of place. But we have a God that loves, isn't it? Even I cannot show that kind of love. Your wife is being difficult. Your husband is being difficult. You turn back to God, isn't it? Number three, guarantee of mercy. Because God does not change. Because He's immutable. We're guaranteed of His mercy, isn't it? First Chronicles sixteen thirty four. Oh God, give thanks to the Lord for His good. His mercies endures forever. Romans 9, 14 to 16. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whoever I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whoever I will have compassion. So then, it is not for him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. Luke 1:50 says, And his mercy on those who fear him from generation to generation. Those who fear him from generation to generation. Have we gotten things wrong in our lives? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Have we ever gotten things wrong in our life? We have gotten things wrong in our lives. As I stand now before you, there are some things I have gotten wrong in my life. That are enough to torpedo me to a difficult scenario. But because of the mercy of God, I'm standing here today. Because of the mercy of God, I'm here today. There are some people that have gotten wrong that have never been able to recover. But because God does not change, He's a merciful God, He says, I will have mercy on whom I decide to have mercy with. So what what does that stop me from not having mercy? I must have my own dose of mercy. I can hold God to that word because he does not change. He has been merciful to people in the past. Merciful to David. Merciful to so many people along the way. Merciful to Peter. Merciful to Paul. Does Paul deserve to be a great apostle? If not because of the mercy of God. If not because of the mercy of God. There are men of God in this modern day world that have made mistakes. Am I correct? Some of them have made mistakes. And that's why I always, I'm always wary to criticize people that are Christians that have had mistakes. They have made mistakes. But God is merciful and God can bring them back. God can restore them if they are truly repentant. But it shows one thing, first of all, we're human beings. But it's all about the mercy of God. If it's not for the mercy of God, I won't be standing here. I know it. And anybody that stands here, if not because of the mercy of God, you won't be standing here. So let's look into that. That we have mercy, abundant mercy. Number four. Guarantee a peaceful marriage. Okay? In Second Corinthians 6.14 it says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? That verse it says unequally yoked. So, it does not mean that uh, I'm a pastor or you're a pastor, you have to marry a pastor as your wife. That does not what it mean you have different levels of maturity in Christ. But there's a standard in what you believe in. And most times in marriages, the reason why the marriages last, in a lot of the cases, is because they have a constant. Okay? And most times, it's because that constant is in Jesus Christ. The wife will look at that constant, the husband will look at that constant, and they will align to it. Are you with me? It does not mean that you're not going to have issues. You're not going to have problems. But because you have a constant in God, you have a God that has not changed, that this is His Word says, it's left for you to move and to shift and to align to that constant. And then your marriage will be peaceful. But most times, often than not, is we don't have the same constant. So imagine somebody is unequally yoked with somebody, somebody that's out in the world. Oh, I'm going to marry him, and I'm going to transform him. His standard is different from yours. Whatever you believe in is different. Now, go out to the other side of it. People that don't even believe in the Bible, they believe in the worldly standard. They will align. You will see the marriage going on because they believe in the same thing. Even though it's the wrong constant. But those of us that are in the body of Christ that we have the same constant, what does the Bible say about your marriage? What does the Bible say about you living together? God has not changed. And that's why any young adult that wants to get married, do you believe in the same thing that your wife and husband believe in? Before you get married, you call it, uh, before you sign a contract, it's called terms and conditions, isn't it? The small print. So before you're married, what are your T's and C's? What is the small print? My fiance, what do you believe in? My fiance, what do you believe in? Let's take it. Do we agree to these terms and conditions? If you don't, you will end up having issues because there are two different standards. Of course, there are other things that are superficial, Oh, I like blue, I like yellow. No, okay, we must, we must like orange. I think that's a mixture, isn't it? <laughs> we must come to orange. All those are little. Those are little things. But there are things that are spiritual that we need to believe in. So that when we come back, we have something to align ourselves with. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? So if you're having any trouble in your marriage, go back to your standard. Go back to the changing God. What has he said? What has he promised to do? Praise the Lord. Number five. Guarantee of a future and a plan. Daniel 4.3 says. How great are his signs. And how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion is from generation to generation. Now I like that last part. And his dominion is from generation to generation. So what side are you on? I'm on the winning side. If he's going to dominate from generation to generation, I have to be on that side. That means he's sure of that future plan. And that's the side I want to. And that's the part I want to tell you. That with a constant God, a God that knows changes, can have a guarantee of a future and a plan now I don't have a lot of teenagers and young young children now my question to you what is it that you see in your parents that you like think one minute I'm giving one minute okay what do you think you see in your parents that you like? Have you thought about it? Now, what I'm saying now is, the second thing is, I want you to take notice. What God has given your parents, He's faithful to give it to you. Because He has dominion from one generation to one next generation, you decide God will give it to you. Because it's faithful along that line. Now, there's a certain challenge I have with parents, and I'll I'll, I'll challenge parents. If I'm going to ask our kids today, what spiritual battles have your parents gone through? Are they able to relive it? Do you understand what I'm saying? You must have gone through other spiritual up and downs. You must have had failings and victories. Do your children know these victories and failings? Now most times our children do not know. We we'll just deal with it ourselves and we we'll say, "Hey, this is this we have gone about." They need to know our testimonies. They need to know our victories. That's the only way they will be able to go back and say, "God, that did it yesterday for my parents. He can do it today for me." Understand this. It's very important about your testimonies that your children understand them fully. Because that might be the only hope they have in their own situation. How did my father deal with this? And then how did God come forth on him? And then I'll send out our child and I'll say, No, God, you that did this for my father in this way, please, honor it in my life in this way. And God will answer it. I don't want our children to go and start discovering their own challenges by themselves. They should be able to build on our own victories. They should be able to build on our own failures. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope I'm making sense today. Hallelujah. We have an unchanging God. Our God does not change. And I feel in my heart, people that do not have a God that they can go to, that is unchangeable, how do they cope? And you see why the world is this what it is today. Because they have no standard. In conclusion, the immutability of God gives us comfort and security in who we are and who God is. Knowing God does not change provides us with spiritual and moral anchor in a rapidly changing world. It provides us a moral anchor in an ever-changing world. The world is changing. But we have a God that does not change. Some people might want to coin them as old-fashioned. Things of old. But God has not changed. He has not changed. The delivery of the word can come. But the truth has not changed. A false preacher might come. The truth has not changed. The world might say, this is what you want to look at. The truth has not changed because God has not changed. That's the security that we have. When we are pulled in all directions, this is the way the world is going. This is the way it's going. God remains in that center. He has not changed. And I want each one of us to be able to say, our God does not change. This is the standard I will follow. Because believe me, Next year to come, if the Lord does not come, a lot of things will change totally around us. And we know that God is constant, dependable, and able to help us when we ask. Whatever scenario you're in, whatever situation you're in, in Oman, in India, in your family, God is faithful to keep to his promises. And I want you to think that. He does not change. If he keeps his promises to you in the past, he will keep it for you today. And that's what you need to hold on to. In Malachi 3.6 it says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Praise the Lord. And I want to believe all of us are sons of Jacob. Okay? And because we are sons of Jacob, we are not consumed. Now, if you cannot identify yourself as being a son of Jacob, or being born again, then I encourage you today to be born again, to be a on the winning side, to be with a God that does not change. To be with a God that is constant. He's is immutable. May the Lord bless us in Jesus' name.
1: We rise as we bring the service to a close. And over the last 50 minutes or so, we have heard very clearly, in no uncertain terms, that God does not change. We have an immutable God. But is there something that you and I have to do? Is there something that you and I need to think about before we meet this immutable God? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God you and I have been asked not to conform to this word but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind you and I have to change and our change has to be in our mind we have to start thinking so do that right now start thinking where do you have to change you don't don't expect god to change do not try to change god try to change yourself do not try to fit god into your plans Try to fit yourself into God's plans. Do not assume that you know best. God knows best. And if there is anyone who is concerned about you and your future, it is God. We have an immutable God. But we are a malleable people. Question is, who are you allowing to mold you? Is it the world which is molding you? Or are are you allowing God, that unchangeable God, to mold you? To make you into an image of who he created you to be? You and I were created in God's own image. That's what the Bible tells us. Talk to God right now. God's love for you is always there. That's what we heard. God's promises do not fail ever. God's mercies are new every morning. But if you have to make a change in your life look at your own life let me look at my own life just talk to god god's hands are stretched out he says young man young woman old man old woman i am here for you are you prepared to take the step Prodigal son had to take one step back to his father. And his father ran the rest of the way. Take a step back to God. God will run to you. Church, just talk to God right now. Ask him to change you. To make you into the person God has meant you to be. Don't model yourself on the world. The world is here today and it's gone tomorrow. God is here forever. And you have a place in God's kingdom. Father, we thank you, Lord, Father, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are a living God. We thank you, Lord, that you are an unchanging God. We thank you, Lord, that your promises will never fail. We thank you, Lord, that your love for us is constant and ever-present. We thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are not an unseeing God. You're, a, you're not a God who does not hear. And Father God, right now, as your body of believers right here, Lord. We surrender ourselves to you, Lord. Father God, where correction needs to be there in my life i ask that you give me that wisdom lord father that will to be able to change lord because without your help i can't do it but with you lord i can and i will father make me that kind of person that you wanted me to be lord let my standards be the standards that you have set lord let my values be those values that you have set for me lord Let me not be enamored by what the world has to offer, Lord. However nice that package is, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that today you have reminded us that you are an unchanging God. Your values and standards are high, but they are not out of our reach, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you will pour more of your anointing on your child, Lord. That he will bring us more of your truth, Lord, in days to come. We ask that you bless him and his family, Lord, Father. And make them a blessing to this place, Lord. Father, we thank you for every one of us gathered here, Lord. Continue to work in us, Lord, Father. Make us and mold us into those people you want us to be, Lord. We surrender ourselves into your hands, Lord. Be with us this day and in the week to come, Lord Father. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to speak to us in that still small voice of yours, Lord. And that we will hear and we will listen and we will respond. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, and mercy shall